Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. I'm here in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Great to be here. Boy, is it great to be here. It's great to get out of the house. That's what I'm saying. We've been stir-crazy at the house. I've been working on the property, getting a lot of work done. Um, and let me just tell you, it is awesome to spend time with my family. I just, I love my family so much. I enjoy spending time at the house. Normally I'm out of the house working and stuff like that, but I've gotten to see the kids a lot and hang out with my wife and, you know, hang out with the goats and the chickens. It's been, it's been pretty cool. Have you done anything interesting during your, your quarantine? I've been able to read. That's good. Yeah. Read a book. That's good. Yeah. No, it's good when our pastor is reading, you know, read a book. Because when the rest of us have to do other stuff, you know what I mean? He needs to be educating himself I'm, so he I'm, can I'm teach reading. us. I'm That's reading. That's good. Books. All right, so I've got some shout-outs. I want to shout-out to Lester. You know, Lester Gonzalez, I believe, is our all-time biggest listener. All That's time. right. Not that there's a competition for you guys out there, but, you know... Let's just say that somebody needs to dethrone him. You know what I mean? You guys need to get on it. Go listen to like all the podcasts in a day or Is something called like that. binge listening? Yeah. Instead of binging on Netflix, you could binge on the encouragement of Christians That's with right. Torah. God gave us two ears, but one mouth. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. And you know, this week, though, our top listener is Miss Audrey Kelly. You believe that? Miss Audrey Kelly. That's right. In Bradenton, Florida. That's right. And you know, it's funny. She was telling me the other day, I think she posted it on Facebook to me, that uh, she finally discovered like how to get the podcast and that she has just been listening like nonstop since she figured it out. So that's pretty cool. I was excited about that. Awesome woman of God. Awesome woman of God. So pillar in the community. Here's what I want from you guys. You guys are at home. You guys are quarantining because you are uh, being good stewards of the efforts that are being made to uh, flatten the curve. And so I want to participate with you guys. I want your emails and stuff like that. Um, I'm working on some cool stuff to start getting some more social media presence for Christians with Torah. So some of that stuff will be coming forth with. So look out for that. We're uh, we're working on some of the back end of that right now. Um, but in the meantime, my email address is Ryan R Y A N at twopraise.net. Ryan at twopraise.net. So if you want to shoot me an email there, that would be great. Um, and uh, one last shout out before we get started on the tour portion this week is Little Rock, Arkansas. So the number one city this week, Little Rock, Arkansas, Arkansas. And so that was interesting. I actually um, lived in the Little Rock area when I was a very young boy. And uh, the, uh, the United States Taekwondo Federation, of all things, because my parents owned a Taekwondo school when I was a kid and still do, and uh, was in Little Rock and then moved eventually to Hot Springs. And they used to have the national tournaments there and stuff like that I used to go. So good memories the Razorbacks. Of, of me in Arkansas. Arkansas Razorbacks. So if you're in Arkansas, we want to hear from you. If you're in, uh, in wherever you are, we want to hear from you. Like literally you, the one listening to this right now, if you have your phone and you're listening on your phone, just go to your email app, type in ryan at tupraise.net so that we can hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want to pray for you. We want to love on you. We want to answer your questions. And, and if you're a little hesitant, just let everybody know that we are not giving out people's emails. Yeah, no, no, this no. This is in yeah. confidentiality. Yeah, absolutely. So you send us an email. It stays in the office and everything, everything. So once again, if you're concerned about that, we do not give out emails. That's correct. That's correct. And some people email me on a regular basis, and others of you just have never emailed me at all. And But yet you listen. So if you're listening, send us an email. All right, I think we could start on the Torah portion. What do you think? We... Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so this week we are studying the Torah portion Tzav, which is command. And this is found in Leviticus starting in chapter 6 and verse 8 and ending in chapter 8 and verse 36. Yeah, chapter 8 to verse 36. We're continuing on the law of the offerings. Once again, a little review here. Uh, the theme of Leviticus is you shall be holy. 
Chapters 1 through 17 shows the way to God. And chapters 18 to 27 shows the walk with God. And of course, the book of Leviticus starts with consecration and ends with consecration. This is, of course, the third book found in the Torah. And uh, I'd say the book of Leviticus is the meat of the Torah. It's in the very middle. To the left is Genesis and Exodus, and to the right, Numbers and Deuteronomy. So, with that said, we, uh, of course, are uh, right out of the gate. We hit the five different sacrifices, and so we're going to continue on as we study Zav or Command. Uh, We have, of course, a, a great question here for you, Ryan. What is the name of the offering that was to burn upon the altar all night until the morning? It was the burnt offering. That's right. The burnt offering was to burn upon the altar all night until the morning. Once again, the burnt offering is voluntary. It's a voluntary offering, and it's totally consumed. And the priest would take the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Uh, the priest was required to change his garments before removing the ashes out of the camp to a clean place. Now, here's a great question for you, Ryan. Let's hear it. Uh, was the fire of the altar to burn continually? Let the fire of my altar never burn out. Yes. Wow, that's a great song. Yeah. Was the fire of the altar to burn continually? Yes. Uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the altar was to burn continually. What an incredible observation here as we look at that um also now the uh the uh the burnt offering was uh symbolic of of not only yeshua but to us as well which means like a total devotion Uh, voluntary devoting all their very being and possessions to god through purifying fire so that's how the burnt offering is actually expressed or done it is of course totally Consume totally giving of your life and all your possessions to the Lord. And so with that, we have a discussion here that we can have. Ryan, I'll ask you first. Uh, when did you come to the altar and become born again? Man, um, so, you know, I, I went to church my whole life. I was baptized in the Methodist church when I was about seven. And um, I mentioned that because, you know, I, I would say that I had a, a knowledge of God. I had an understanding of God. My parents did a good job of, of exposing me to um, you know, the knowledge of Jesus Christ at a young age. Uh, but I would say that I really got devoted and made a decision for myself where I can make that, you know, determination for myself when I was 19. I had taken some kids, oddly enough, to uh, youth camp. And while I was there, I just spent a lot of time with the Lord and I was journaling and reading my Bible. And, uh, you know, it was then that I believe that my spirit and God's spirit met. Uh, it was probably about one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. I was reading and journaling. And, uh, you know, I just was thinking to myself, you know, God, I've never really made a commitment. And that's not to say that, you know, it's a prayer that necessarily saves you. But it was when I can say that I, you know, took the time to meet with God in that way, if that makes sense. That's awesome. You know, the, the burnt offering in Hebrew is Ola. It's Ola, and it is a sweet aroma, and it is voluntary. You know, I um, basically was raised Catholic, and uh, when I became born again, I was basically a backslidden Catholic uh, from the time I was, uh, I guess, 15 to almost 25 years of age. So in March of 1992, I was, um, here it is the springtime, and um, my, my spirit and God's spirit met in the apartment that I was living in in the evening. It was so powerful that the Son of God just, just pretty much uh, just came in there with his presence and everything. The Holy Spirit was just incredible. A lot of things happened once I confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart that God raises from the dead. My whole life was changed. Uh, Devlin just opened up all these incredible opportunities, and he just started speaking to me one thing after another. And it's interesting, you know, even in the, in, in the half Torah in Isaiah, it, it says that God was displeased with the children of Israel because they no longer obeyed his voice. Ooh. So he was telling me things like, you need to read the Bible and... You need to go to church and different things. And I, and I heard it clearly, you know. And, and so, once again, you know, we need to appreciate that. And, uh, and, and just like with Passover, it's, it's a one-day event. So is a born-again experience. You, you can't get more born-again uh, each time. And so, once again, you can rededicate your life. You can do some other things like that. But once you are born again, you are born from above. And so that's an awesome, awesome thing to have and to be. And, uh, and of course, we know we have the old creature to deal with. 
but it actually says that we become a uh, new creation, a new creature, uh, a new species, actually, in the Greek, which is kind of cool. So uh, that is awesome, because God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the, the uh, burnt offering is important. Um, as we move into, of course, the next offering is the grain offering. Uh, in the King James, it's called the meat offering or meal offering. Uh, were Aaron and his sons to eat the remainder of the meat offering? Yes. Yes, they are to eat of it. You know, it's unleavened bread. Uh, it's, it's really good. Uh, it goes along with the, uh, usually it goes along with the burnt offering. So what would this have to be a picture of, you know, of serving? Uh, once you become born again and give your whole life to the Lord, uh, then, of course, you begin serving him. And that's what really what the meal offering is all about, is that part Uh as a matter of fact, it's interesting because it is voluntary to do a meal offering. Right. It's, it's, it's voluntary. It's very, very much voluntary. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I would say that it's thanking God uh, and offering their lives for his service. Once again, thanking God and offering their lives for his service. We know that we can see this offering in Yeshua. He said, I came to serve, not to be served. And uh, it's interesting now uh, with this coronavirus uh, pandemic here, uh, how some restaurants are still serving. They're doing delivery, pickup, some different things. Uh, uh, companies are still staying uh, afloat here based on people bringing deliveries and groceries and different things. So it's very interesting because we are a service-driven, actually, nation. Uh, we provide a lot of services. So once again, uh, the grain offering is voluntary. It is, of course, unleavened bread, and it represents serving. So we know that if Yeshua served, we should serve as well. Uh, now we're going to get into, of course, and this is, of course, not in order, but now all of a sudden in Leviticus chapter 6, verses 24 through 30, I'm going to have Ryan read that in regards to the sin offerings. Now we're going to go into something that's going to be mandatory. So let's read Leviticus chapter 6, verses 24 through 30, in regards to the sin offerings. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons, saying, This is the law of the sin offering. In the place where, he burnt, where the burnt offering is killed, shall the sin offering be killed before the Lord. It is most holy. The priest that offereth it for sin shall eat it. In the holy place shall it be eaten in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation. Whatsoever shall touch the flesh thereof shall be holy. And when there is sprinkled and when there and when there is sprinkled of the blood thereof upon any garment thou shalt wash that whereon it was sprinkled in the holy place. But the earthen vessel wherein it is sodden shall be broken. And if it be sodden in a brazen pot it shall be both scoured and rinsed in water. All the males among the priests shall eat thereof it is most holy, and no sin offering whereof any of the blood is brought into the tabernacle of the congregation to reconcile with all in the holy place shall be eaten. It shall be burnt in the fire. So once again, a sin offering, just a reminder, uh, the word sin means to miss the mark. We always want to hit the mark, but sin is missing the mark. And remember, we discussed this before as well. Uh, the wages of sin is, of course, death. Now the reason for a sin offering is if a soul shall sin through ignorance. A priest was required to bring a young bullock without blemish for his sin offering. Check that out. The priest had to have an offering as well. The priest was to lay his hand upon the bull before killing it. The priest would sprinkle the blood seven times before the Lord and at the veil of the sanctuary. Uh, the blood was applied to the altar of incense on the four horns. Once again, these are instructions, okay? The rest of the blood from the bull was poured at the bottom of the altar of burnt offering. And before sacrificing the bullock, the priest had to remove the two kidneys. So once again, uh, in regards to this uh, sin offering, it's important to know that, uh, that it is mandatory. We need to have a sin offering. It's a great question that, that we all have to ask ourselves. Uh, where is your sacrifice? Where is your sin offering? Um, it was considered holy, okay? Uh, the priest was allowed to eat the sin offering in the holy place in the court of the tabernacle. And of course, we can see uh, as it moves on here, it also goes into some other things as well. So, Ryan, any thoughts on the sin offering? Uh, no, just that uh, we have to have a sacrifice and uh, for, for the sin of the world. 
Um, I will say this about sin. You know, it's interesting. I was showing Pastor Nick um, today when I got here that uh, my forearms are all scratched up. Um, you know, the our neighbor lady next door, she lives alone by herself. She's a little elderly. And, uh, you know, she's also um, had some injuries recently from her job. And so she had called me and asked if I could come over and move some brush for her. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, no big deal. She, I guess somebody had come over and, and cut some stuff out for her, but left it in piles. And so we loaded it up in the truck, um, Christian and I. And uh, I got through half of it. And then the other half of it was thorn bushes. And let me just tell you, thorn bushes are a pain. Uh, my forearms are all scraped up. My hands, I've got little, like, jagged, you know, little stabbing marks all over my, you know, my forearm and parts of my hands. And uh, I was wearing gloves and everything, but, you know, those thorn bushes are just insane sometimes. So Christian, you know, just out of the blue mentions and he says, um, you know, I really wish Adam wouldn't have had to sin, you know, because when you read there, it talks about the curse for sin being, you know, partially that man will toil, you know, with the ground in order to produce food, but that also that thorns and thistles will, will be, you know, part of our lives. And then I thought about how Yeshua had a crown of thorns, you know, and what the, what the cost, what the consequence for sin is. And so it just, you know, Christian said that and him being, you know, 10 years old, it was pretty profound to me, but it made me think because it's just like, wow, you know, sin is like a thorn bush, you know? I mean, it hurts. Crown of thorns. Once it gets stuck on your clothes or something, it's hard to get it off, right? If you get trapped up in it, man, getting out of it, getting out of sin can be painful, right? So like, let's say you get trapped in a thorn bush. You just want to sit there, right? Sit there in your sin because you don't want to get out of it because you'd have to press up against those thorns in order to get out or whatever. And you know, when you think about the sin offering, you know, think about this. We're we're being forgiven because we are sinners. We're, We're we're forgiven because we are sinners. Right. So that's just that's just it in a nutshell, you know. And so what does the Torah do? The Torah shows us what sin is. It does. It's teachings and instructions, and it shows us what sin is. Uh, and so once again, it's something to think about. As we move into, of course, uh, we've got to move into regulations for repayment offerings. Uh, chapter 7 is now going to get us into the trespass offerings. So think about that. Now we're going to get into some trespass offerings, with, which, of course, is going to be giving us uh, some, some restitution here as well. Uh, it was holy. So the trespass offering was considered holy. Leviticus chapter 7, verse 1. Once again, this is not in any particular order, but it's just going over that the trespass offering is considered holy. Uh, two kidneys were removed from the trespass offering, and the priest could eat the trespass offering. Once again, we're giving you some details. But remember, we, of course, are looking for principles. Principles, that's what we're looking for. Uh, check out the trespass offering here. Uh, it is uh, it's mandatory. You have to have a trespass offering. Now, what, what, what's the difference between the uh, trespass offering and, of course, the uh, sin offering? Well, you know, there's going to be restitution when you have a trespass offering. You're going to have restitution, you know, uh, which is like, you know, uh, required to pay back something when one trespassed against the Lord or man. And that is, of course, one fifth, which is 20 percent. So, you know, like like you see on the rancher's farm or something, no trespassing. What do we do as kids? We trespass. (laughs) It's like, oh, look, no trespassing, you know, and I did it as a kid, you know, and we would go and get oranges off the trees and. You know, yeah. and uh, it was actually stealing too. So, you know, that didn't seem like a big deal to me until I had land mm-hmm. that like, like if you think about this, if you have a house with just a little lot, you know, then you can pretty much see your yard. So if somebody's in your yard, you know it. The weird part about having land is somebody can be in your yard down in the South or the North or, you know, wherever. Right. And you not realize that's what those signs are for, you know, because they're there to protect, you know. And that's even you're not part of a prayer, there. you know, the, the Lord's prayer. Yeah. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Amen. So it kind of goes along with the same lines as boundaries. You know, we don't want to overstep our boundaries. And now we've got this safe distance between each other. Uh, actually, Ryan and I, right now, we only have like three feet between us. But I think Ryan's kosher. He's good to go. I think I'm going to scoot over. But the uh, you probably should. Um, so once again, you know, this is this is all relevant, you know. But but it's mandatory. It's not voluntary. You, you need to have a trespass offering. Uh, once again, these are spiritual laws, everyone. So we're just trying to get people to believe in God uh, today in the world in which we live. 
But when you go from there, then you've got to go into, of course, being born again through the Son Yeshua, and then even more, you know, that he's a holy God, and he has, of course, spiritual laws. So once we get into uh, this next offering is in Leviticus chapter 7, verses 11 through 18. We're not going to read it, but we're going to go into peace offerings now. Uh, by the way, it is the third offering, and it's voluntary as well. And uh, there's actually uh, three types of peace offerings that could be made. There is one that is a Thanksgiving um, peace offering, which is gratitude. Uh, there's also the vow or the votive uh, peace offering. And last but not least, there is the voluntary or the free will offering. So I want to just put this back together for you once again. So I know a lot of people are intimidated by Leviticus. They don't even want to touch it with a 10-foot pole, especially when you get into the leprosy chapters. They don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Uh-huh. Like but here's the thing, distancing. though, you know, yeah, social distancing to another level, you know, the, the leper camp. So, and quarantining and all that is scriptural, but, you know, we're going to get into all that later on. It's coming up, but, which is so relevant, you know. Boy, uh, is it. I just want to encourage you that, you know, the burnt offering is you, you know, giving of your whole being yourself. Just like the Lord, he, he went all the way up the, the hill, you know, to, to, to die on a cross uh, and took, and, and just literally just, his life was taken, you know, he offered it, he was taken. And, um, and so with that, you know, we have this meal offering, which is serving. Yeshua served. He even washed the disciples' feet. He was, he was a great servant. And it's a picture of us being servants today. And now we can really serve each other. Um, and then, of course, like I said, this peace offering is, is, is third. And it's kind of like enjoying certain things that you've accomplished in your life. Like, let's just say you get your income tax check. You could do a peace offering. You know, uh, let's say you, you said, Hey, I'm, I, I want to lose 20 pounds and I'm, I'm getting back in shape and everything, you know? And, uh, and then of course you accomplish that and you say, Hey man, I'm a peace offering. We're going to celebrate. And then of course you, you also have, um, and I would say here, uh, it could be voluntary or just free will, you know, like I'm just going to have a peace offering. Uh, the peace offering for Thanksgiving had to be eaten the same day. The peace offering for a vow or a voluntary offering had to be eaten the same day or the following day. Anyone who eats the peace offering on the third day would be guilty of an abomination and bear the iniquity. Mm. You know, uh, anyone who was unclean and ate the peace offering would be cut off from the people. So this peace offering is something that you actually get to enjoy. You know, so uh, I've discovered that a blessed life uh, is an obedient life. You know, uh, when you're obedient, you get the blessings. And we're supposed to choose life, not death. Uh, blessings, not cursings. And we know that God cursed uh, Satan, uh, Eve, and then Adam in the garden because of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Yeshua becomes a curse for us. And the charges that were against us were nailed to the cross, and he died for us based upon those charges. So he did all of this because, Yeshua did all this because of spiritual laws. And that's what we're discovering are the spiritual laws. So once again, the, the burnt offering, the meal offering or the meat offering and the peace offering are voluntary. You don't have to do these things. You don't, you're not required. But because we serve a holy God, now you're in a dilemma. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden, where's your sacrifice? Yeah. And I shared this before and I'll share it again. Uh, we respect Judaism, but basically what the Jewish people have done at this time, they have no temple, they have no sacrifice. So what they've done is they've come up with a, with a plan to, of course, uh, replace that with prayer and mitzvot or good deeds. Mm. Uh, this is public records. I'm not calling the Jews out or anything. I'm just saying that this is what they believe. This is what they have done. Uh, and, and like I said, you know, it, it, I respect that. I mean, but, but prayer and, of course, mitzvot or good deeds. Uh, Ryan, do you, do you have any thoughts on that at this point as we are in the peace offerings right now? Well, I just, I love the idea of a peace offering. And I, I love the fact that, you know, when we think of, I, I think in general, um, there's a lot of guilt that and condemnation that people feel when they think of religious activities, just as a general rule. And I don't know if that comes from just the traditional uh, church or fire and brimstone preaching or whatever. But what I think is cool is that God puts in here things like, like there's offerings and, and tithes that God talks about where you're supposed to save up money so that you can go to the feast, right? There's right. things like peace offerings that are, you participate with your friends, your family, your neighbors, uh, whether it be for Thanksgiving or, you know, accomplishing a vow or, or creating a vow or, just, hey, for the heck of it, let's throw a party. You know what? It's March 31st. 
<laughs> let's throw a party, you know, whatever it is. And so I, I just, I love how God doesn't just say, hey, you need to do this because you sinned, right? Uh, you got to actually read through it and understand it, that there's so much more here for us to participate in partnership with God um, and and to enjoy his presence, enjoy him, enjoy each other, and to do it all under the auspices of, you know, doing it the right way in participation with God. So I just, I like it, you know? That's, yeah, it, it actually ties everybody in together, you right. know? It, it's putting God first, it's, 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 it's taking care of yourself as an individual, but it's also sharing this truth with others, you know? Yeah. I think whether they're believers or not, I mean, it just really depends. And I'm going to give you an example here a little bit later on here, but, but a, a, a person could not eat the fat of an ox a sheep or goat a person could not eat the fat the fat belongs to the lord remember that so i kind of like that the fat belongs to the lord so that my 20 pounds that i want to lose mine <laughs> i give to the lord it's his i know i know it's, it's well why little, don't you give it to him already I, I probably need to get on the train <laughs> but you know the gyms are shut down so you know uh, i got ryan a candy bar today so anyway um he did for all of those in the uk yeah i have a lion candy bar here that i'm going to be that's right be, from your taking England. That's right, from York. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, could anyone eat blood from a fowl or a beast? Yuck, no. No, 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 you cannot because the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to give you atonement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and it's interesting, you know, I've, I've, I've talked with some people from England, and I believe Mrs. Campbell was telling me about blood pudding and different things. And Yuck. I know. So anyway, you know, these, this stuff is going on, folks, and, and it's still going on. Uh, but in the peace offering, the breast of the sacrifice was weighed for a wave offering and eaten by the priests. And the right shoulder of the peace offering was given as a heave offering and eaten by the priests. Uh, so once again, this is, this is an offering that the offerer gets to eat from, okay? The peace offering was the only offering in which the offerer shared. So the priests would have their barbecue, they would have their meat and their meal offering and eat of that. But when you had your peace offering, you got a portion of that. You, you got to actually receive some of this back. It's so cool. You know, uh, in our discussion, in our facilitator's outline, the question is, when was the last time you shared a peace offering with others to share about God's blessing? And I would say that it was, uh, of course, back in February, I believe February the 8th, with Hanok Young from Israel, our tour guide. Ah. We all got together and we had a dinner. We were just thanking God for the two houses and bringing us together. And, and so I would say that that was a, a peace offering and we, we catered it and everything and it went really, really well. And that's just my example of a peace offering with my leadership to say, hey, look, Hanok's here. He's our tour guide. Even though at this time we're, we're not going to Israel, yeah. you know, it was great I, to have I, him with actually, us. Actually, I, I was in Israel at that time. Yeah, we're going to stick with Hanok Young, who's a tour guide, <laughs> and we love him, and he's out of a job right now, so we're praying for him. Oh, no. But anyway, like I said, that that's a, an example of celebrating a peace offering. Yeah. Uh, I know when the government gets get, gets our checks, we could probably do a peace offering and say, thank you, Lord, for providing. Oh, yeah. And this is why we pay taxes. You know, it's interesting, you know, people give the Roman government a, a bad rap, but, you know, they did invent plumbing, the Romans. Ooh, yeah. And they did have some great roads. Yeah. You know? So, you know... I just want to remind you that, like I said, after I've been studying the, the Torah portions for 20 years, uh, you know, where's your sacrifice and all these interesting questions and stuff, it, it's all relevant for today. You know, don't be rogue out there. Don't just be doing your own little thing. Be thinking about what God would have you be doing right now at this critical time, because it's interesting that we, we go over all these sacrifices up to this point, and now all of a sudden we're going to get into uh, Leviticus uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 13, Aaron and his sons are ordained. Ooh. So now we've kicked off the mandatory way to cook the, the, the burnt sacrifice and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the meat offering, peace offering, sin offering, trespass offering. Now all of a sudden there's going to be an ordination. And so this is what was needed to ordain Aaron and his sons, a bullock and two rams. Once again, we're in chapter eight. All the congregation gathered at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation for the ordination. Moses washed Aaron and his sons with water. Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle along with all that was in it. Remember, to anoint something means to set it apart. Yeah. Okay, you can't anoint everything, but you can anoint uh, people, uh, uh, clothing, houses, you know, think about it. Uh, and Moses sprinkled the anointing oil seven times upon the altar. The altar, And then, of course, what happens is um, uh, Moses... Uh, took the anointing oil, and he poured it upon Aaron's head. Isn't there like a psalm about the beard? 
Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a psalm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, once again, it's about being set apart, everyone. Because that's the Hinei Matov. Hinei Matov, right. Umach, Naim, right? So how, how, behold how good and how pleasant it is for, for brothers, brothers to, to dwell, dwell together, together in, in unity. unity. Yeah. Especially now, you know. And, uh, of course, uh, I'm going to have Ryan read Leviticus chapter 8, verse 14. 8, 14. All right. So, 8, 14 says... And he brought the bullock for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the bullock for the sin offering. So once again, the priest, the high priest, and his sons, uh, the Levites, had to have a sacrifice. They were not above reproach. They were definitely accountable. Uh, And so once again, you know, that's important to know. Uh, Moses, uh, I'll I'll let let, uh, Ryan continue on uh, with that portion. Yeah, so Moses took the blood from the bullock and put it upon the horns of the altar, Uh, With his finger, Uh, he also poured the blood at the bottom of the altar. And the bullock, his hide, his flesh, and his dung was burned with fire outside of the camp. And the first ram uh, was used for the burnt offering, and the second ram was used for consecration. And so remember, this is that special offering for consecration. Um, And in verses 23 through 24 of chapter 8, it talks about the body parts that Aaron and his sons um, had blood applied by Moses, and that was again the tip of the right ear, the right thumb on the right, or the thumb on the right hand, and the great toe on their right foot. Right. Why don't you share that? Like, like, what would that mean? Well, why uh, would that be anointed? You know, when you think about it. Absolutely. So we we actually talked about this a couple weeks ago, uh, which is cool because when things repeat yeah, themselves. Yeah, remember when we used to meet together? <laughs> Do you remember when we used to have church? Uh, wouldn't it those, be nice? Those were the good old days, right? It was. It, they were the good old days. You know, it's funny. Nothing like this has happened in my lifetime. And then I thought about it. I was like, man, nothing like this has happened in, I no, think, Nobody's lifetime. Everybody's right? alive. Like yeah, no, not like this. Wow. So, so back to the, the right ear, the right thumb, and the right toe. Um, this, is a, this is cool because, you know, these guys are being anointed, specifically being consecrated uh, to be holy and set apart to God for the purpose of being his priest in his tabernacle. And so the right ear, um, you know, is said to be anointed with the blood uh, because they need to be hearing the voice of God, right? Hear my voice, obey my voice, and keep my covenant. Well, how do you keep his covenant? With your hands, what you do, and with your feet, where you go, right? So the right thumb of the right hand, um, you know, there's a verse, uh, I think it's in, it's either Psalms or Isaiah, God, that, that if I forget the O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its cunning, right? And it's in Psalms, yeah. And so the idea here is that your right hand is your strength, your skill, right? Why is Yeshua the right hand of God? Well, because he is, you know, the, ex, uh, ex, the expression of God's strength and the fullness of God's power. His all power and authority has been given unto him. So the right thumb on the right hand is, you know, everything that you have that you're able to do with your hands, the work you're able to do is devoted to God. So they are being set apart uh, for working for the Lord. And then where they go, right, the, the right um, big toe is being anointed because, again, this is the direction that they're to head, the direction that they're to go, the places they're to go, the people they're to see, all set apart and devoted, consecrated to the Lord. So I think that's just awesome because guess what? You know, if if you're hearing the voice of God and you're keeping his covenant, then you're going to be in the right place at the right time. Boy, Amen? That, that's, the, that's such a truth. It is It is such a truth. And so a basket of unleavened bread was used for the ordination of Aaron and his sons. Um, and so this was a, a wave offering was given by Aaron and his sons, and the anointing oil and the blood was sprinkled upon Aaron and his sons. And so Moses gave the flesh and the bread for Aaron and his sons to eat at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So they've been anointed, and now with every covenant, with every consecration, there comes a meal, right? And so here they are. That's good. They're eating the flesh and the bread at the door of the tabernacle with God. And so how how long did the consecration last? Seven days days. And so here's the question Seven for you. Seven means completion. It does. It does. And so here's the question for you, Pastor Nick. How can we be consecrated today for God in this fallen world? You know, I'm glad you asked me that, Ryan. You know, we had the opportunity to, of course, study the prophets uh, for two seasons, and it takes 18 months to do every Monday night 
to actually accomplish this. Uh, we had we did of course uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then the minor prophets. And mm. We broke it up, but it takes eighteen months to do that. And of course, one uh, Monday every month was actually New Moon. So we we did this and, and we spread it out. But it took eighteen months. And I, and I'm only saying this to lead up to this. When you study the prophets, it's interesting because you know God wants to be king. But the people cried out for a king after the judges, and he gave them a monarchy, you know. He gave them a king. He said, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a king because you've rejected me. I'll give you the king. That's what he actually told Samuel. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Mm. And so he says, I'll give them a king. Uh, and it's interesting that he uses the monarchy. It's very important that that's kind of popular, now, even in England, with some of the controversy going on with uh, Prince Harry or whatever. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this because... Basically, uh, God wants us to do two things. He wants us to hear his voice and to keep his covenant. And so if, you, if you'll even go back and even look at, uh, uh, matter of fact, I'll, I'll che- I'm, I'm going to check this out. Look up the half Torah for me, Ryan, for this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, the, it's for the five sacrifices. I know I'm going back a little bit, but I just want to kind of share this with some of you um, because we need to hear his voice and keep his covenant. And that's why we get in trouble. You know, and I do believe it's in Jeremiah that the half Torah is uh, in regards to the five sacrifices. It uh, is. So it's Jeremiah 7, 21 through 8, 3. Okay. And, and once then, again, I'm using the Word of God to guide you. So we're all on the same page. So this is the uh, the half Torah for Tzav, right? Right. And th- so it's Jeremiah, uh, like I said, chapter 7, verse 21 through chapter 8 and verse 3. And then it jumps also chapter 9, verses 22 and 23. Okay, here we go. I just want to read this to you because I, I want to tie it all in. Because right now it's a free-for-all. People are going rogue. They're doing their own thing. They're saying their own things. Boy, they have they? their own opinions. So so I, I want to get back to the principles of God and spiritual law. So, so here we go. In Jeremiah 7, 21, here we go. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifices and eat flesh. For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. Boy, that's a lot to chew on yeah, it is. In, in Jeremiah. Matter of fact, when it says, listen to this, the word imagination that walked in the counsels and in the imagination is in your stubbornness. So we get stubborn. So once again, we want to be consecrated today for God in a fallen world. That means to be set apart. So I know we all have opinions, and, and you know, we, we have, you know, at least two of them, like, like stinky <laughs> armpits, but we got to be careful with that, you know, because a lot of people have opinions about the coronavirus, and oh, I've shared man. with you before, and I'll share it again. Uh, the bottom line is that plagues are real. Uh, I'm going to actually do a, a podcast with that or a teaching on that as well later on, but you know, like I said, people want to know, is, is this of God or not? Well, God has allowed it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You know, God actually plagued those 10 spies that gave an evil report. It says God plagued them. Um, and now, like that was later others. on yeah. in Numbers. Now, now, they came back with a bad report and God plagued them. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that God has plagued the earth with, with the coronavirus. It's totally of God. It's his judgment. But he has allowed it. We, we know that uh, even in the golden calf incident, because of idolatry and sexual immorality, God actually, after 3,000 were killed by the sword with the Levites, it actually says in the very last verse of, I believe, Exodus 32. Uh, Ryan, do you want to read that? Exodus 32, the very last verse, so we can distinguish uh, who brought the plague on and not speculate. Um, Chapter 32, the last verse says, And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf which Aaron made. So once again, it's sickness and disease. You know, it's a disease. It can be boils, the bubonic plague. It can be a number of things, respiratory. Uh, and of course, in the Olivet Discord, Matthew, Matthew 24, you know, we say that Yeshua makes reference that there will be pestilences in different places. So yeah. for 2,000 years, you can go back and study this. Uh, actually, go back and study 100 years ago, we had the Spanish flu. The, the estimation is over 17 million died. Uh, and that's 1918 and 1918. So 
uh, I'm sharing this with you because it's so important that you understand that where is your sacrifice? It needs to be Yeshua. It needs to be Yeshua. Well, and you know, I mean, this is this is it. You know, He's our Lamb. He's the Lamb who took away the sin of the world, and that's our belief. That's what we believe. Uh, and and uh, I respect other people's belief, uh, whether He's God or not. But we do believe that Yeshua um, is Yahweh, and Yahweh is Yeshua. Uh, that's our faith. That's what Amen. We, that's what we believe. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, in closing here, what would happen if Aaron and his sons did not keep the commandments charged by God? They would die. Now, we could go into some great detail on some other avenues here and kind of springboard off this, but we're not going to. But I will say this, though. I know it even mentions in the prophets that, you know, God chose the Levites to teach Torah. Yeah. And they dropped the ball. You know, Ryan, it's interesting that God said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to establish the king, you know, but really he established the priest first. The priests were the first dermatologists. We're going to find this out when we get to leprosy and everything. But the priests were the first dermatologists found in the Bible, uh, skin doctors. And and so what, I, what I'm saying is that there's checks and balances here, everyone. So if you think about this, this world in which we live right now, it, when you're talking about consecration, well, you're talking about a kingdom. You're talking about a constitution called the Torah. You're talking about a capital city called Jerusalem. You're talking about every nation, you know, has feast days or, or holidays, you know. So we're, we're in the kingdom of God. And what I love about this and being consecrated is that we do have a constitution called the Torah. We can be separated, you know, but, but God gives these checks and balances like the three branches of government, you know. So, so if you're not going to follow God and then he gives you a king, well, what happens if the king goes bad because the priesthood's already in the demise? Well, he says, well, then I'm going to bring you the prophet. The prophet is going to declare my word. And that's when the king goes bad and the priests go bad. Then God has to bring the prophet. So here, here's my thing, everyone. And I'm just sharing this out of my own heart because I'm inspired to share this. This is why we are so inundated with false prophets. It's because when the governments are bad, the king is bad, and the priests are bad, then God has no other choice but to go through the prophets. I personally believe, Ryan, that the answers we seek for today are found in the written prophets. Now, not to say that there aren't modern-day prophets, but it can't contradict what the written prophets have already written, Ryan. And that's why people want to discredit the Torah or the prophets to hear their own voice to draw people to themselves. I believe the coronavirus is going to draw people to God. We are at his mercy. We need to, we need to of course, surrender and yield to this loving God. And the plague is real. Death is real. People are losing family members, and sometimes more than just one in a family. And we really, we, we need to, to be obedient. And to be consecrated right now is to be set apart. And when, when the government says, hey, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to have safe distance here. We're going to we're going to isolate this thing, do some mitigation. I understand it. We understand quarantine. You know, uh, Miriam was put in a quarantine. You know, for seven days for what she did to her brother, and then she was healed. Then she was brought back in the camp. So to sit here and say that this is a conspiracy, you know, from the government that they're forcing us, they're trying to break up the church. I, I don't I don't buy that. This is just wisdom and common sense. You know, stay away and people live. Yeah especially the elderly, you know, and you don't even know if you have it. So right now they're working on getting these self-tests and different things. So let's just look at the wisdom and the reality of what we're faced, Ryan, instead of a conspiracy theory, you know, we, we serve God. He says, I'm going to write Torah on minds and hearts. Yeah. And that's why we're Christians with Torah, Ryan. So you, you can close this out and, and give me some food for thought here. Cause I, I mean, I'm inspired right now. I'm, I'm full of hope. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, and, and I have to reflect. I've spent so much time with the with the church and the sheep and my family and my wife that now I've actually had time to get alone myself and really reflect on some things yeah. and work on some things that I need to work on personally. And, and it's been great. It's been great. It really is. And really, it's not as bad as you think it is when you think about the kingdom of God and having hope and eternal life, you know, to put it in context. You know, if he's giving you things to do, and that's that's why people get bored. They don't have purpose. We have purpose. Amen. We do have purpose. And you know, what's cool is if I were to take anything from this, especially this Torah portion and the last Torah portion, you know, it's talking about the consecration of the priests. And, you know, how do you relate this to yourself today? And I think that it's important because, you know, it anoints the ear, the thumb, and the toe in order to uh, consecrate those things for the service of God. But I think that, you know, for us, in an, especially in this modern day, we need to protect ourselves and protect what we're feeding ourselves. 
into our mind, into our spirit, into our heart. And it's more important now, especially since a lot of us are alone and we're not able to be with others, to be encouraged like we normally are by going to church and things like that. And and so be careful what you're watching. You know, what you we should probably be doing is reading your Bible and praying and, you know, worshiping God um, and getting closer to Him, finding ways to do that. Uh, even through social media, I'm not against social media. We're, we're big proponents on, on media in general here at Beit Tehillah. And obviously, you're listening to this podcast if you're hearing this, which is a type of media. So I'm all about getting the word out. I just think that what happens to a lot of us is that, um, you know, we get bogged down with the conspiracy theories and the ideas. And, and here's what I want to tell you about these conspiracies and these theories. Even if every conspiracy theory that you have heard of is true, it does not change what you're supposed to be doing. When I read my Bible, I find out who am I and what am I supposed to be doing. It doesn't matter what the politics are, what the government's doing. Our job is simple. Obey his voice, keep his covenant. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so, you know, at this time, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about uncertainty uh, of what's out there in the world, but ultimately what they're saying is, hey, my idols are not giving me what I'm used to getting from my idols. And so what we need to be doing is looking to the things that we know for certain, that Yeshua is on the throne, that God is in control, and that we as his servants, which that's what we should consider ourselves, his servants, we're his sons and his daughters, right? We do things his way. We keep Torah, right? Or at least we're Torah pursuant at the very least, um, that we should be consecrated unto him. And the way that we do that is by getting closer to him. You know, it's funny. Um, I was listening to... Um, you know, just in passing, uh, a teaching from a very popular uh, pastor, and uh, and he, you know, he goes, he does, the admits that when he reads his yearly Bible plan, that he usually skips Leviticus, and I laugh because obviously, you know, <laughs> don't make that face, Pastor Nick gets this face, last for me, yeah. So you know, but I think that's, I think that's the. Um, the general consensus Please of the church. Please contact him immediately. Uh, listen, I'm not going to... Send be... him some resources or no, something. No, no. Give no. him a survey of the Old Testament book of Leviticus right now. <laughs> well, hopefully he listens to the podcast, you know? Maybe we could send him a copy of this podcast. <sighs> Anyways, but here's what's cool. You know, he pulled the little thing out of, of Leviticus out of chapter 26, and I want to give it to you guys because I did think it was profound um, because the title in my Bible for chapter 26 is Blessings for Obedience. And we're talking about keeping his covenant and hearing and listening to his voice and obeying his voice. And one of the things that he mentions here is in verse 10, it says, um, in the NIV, it says, and you shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. And, and you know, other translations like the New American Standard says, you will eat the old supply and clear it out the old because of the new. And in the NIV, I think it puts it in a little better plain English. It says, you will have such a surplus of crops that you will need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. And so, you know, a lot of us are sitting in our homes and we're not thinking what God is doing. And I would just venture to say that a lot of us need to, we're holding on to our jobs and our source of income and all of these things that we see as idols that have been providing for us. Even my business is taking a hit. And we're, we're looking at these things, and we should be encouraged, because when God does sweeping things like this, ultimately, what Pastor Nick always says is that he's doing these things to get to his children. And so we as his children, what we should be doing is having hope in the certainty that God's plan is perfect, and that he is for us and not against us, and that there is a hope and that there is a future for us. And that we should not be, uh, you know, uh, condemning the world or participating in all the conspiracy theories. That what we should be doing is pressing into God, and that encouraging those other people around us that are fearful to do the same. Good point. You know, and when you're serving, you're not complacent. And the very last verse in Leviticus chapter eight, verse thirty-six of this Torah portion, I want to read it. It says, "So Aaron and his sons did all things which the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses." Hallelujah. You know, we all have bouts of depression, oppression, or we get overwhelmed or we become anxious or we see something like imprints on our mind or something like there's actually no toilet paper on the shelf or something. And then we start these vain imaginations where we're supposed to cast vain imaginations down 
and take uh, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I am full of hope and inspiration. Uh, but like I said, God wants to get the two by four out of our eyes and we'll be able to help our brother uh, with God's help get the toothpick out of theirs. It's so powerful to think about these things, a time of reflection right now. And like I said, I believe that if we just kind of meditate on this and, and think about this, we're going to come out stronger and better. And then, uh, of course, you know, we, we would have passed the test. So I want to encourage all of you that the Father loves you. You're good enough. We, we are praying for you. We love you. We're in the same boat. So don't rock it. Okay. We're all <laughs> in the same boat. Don't rock the boat. Uh, and, um, and be encouraged, you know. Uh, and I'll just say food for thought here. I believe that when Passover is coming up here, uh, you know, uh, I believe that this thing is going to going to crest upward and peak. And then I'm, I'm praying and hoping that uh, even now that it's going to, it's going to, the numbers are going to start going down, down, down uh, and dissipate. Just like uh, praying away a hurricane to go from a, a five to a one or something. But we actually did that or, or to steer a hurricane off course. Uh, so once again, we have the authority in Yeshua's name to pray these things. Uh, you can pray against the coronavirus in Yeshua's name, you know, and you can pray for protection like Psalm 91. He will protect us uh, under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. He will protect us. So once again, like I said, the, you know, me being a pastor for all these years and, and, a, and a husband and a father of, of seven, the congregation, all this stuff is overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. But we have a good shepherd. I trust him. Amen. And, uh, and like I said, your emails or your phone calls to the office, we'd be more than happy to hear from you or pray with you or whatever. But be encouraged. Really, we're all in this together. Even though distance separates us, we're, we're spirit beings, uh, spirit, soul, and body. And, and God is a spirit. And so God has allowed us to stay connected through his word, through the podcast, by his spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. I hope you guys are encouraged. We love you. Uh, thank you for listening. I still want those emails from you. So if uh, you procrastinated at the beginning of this podcast and didn't shoot anything over to us, um, please do so now. Ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, it encourages me greatly. I know it does Pastor Nick as well. Whenever we get to hear from you guys, where you're from, uh, you know, if you have a community or not, what you're doing, what brought you to the podcast, how'd you find Hebrew Roots, all that kind of cool stuff. So um, if you want to... Um, we're, we will be having a, a service that will live stream uh, or premiere, I should say, on Saturday. We're pre-recording the services during the week, and then we're putting them out on Saturdays. I know my family and I, we have a, 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 a box connected to our TV where we can actually pull up the YouTube app on there, and we're able to broadcast it live on the 55 inches of love there in our living room. And so our whole family, we gathered around during the worship. We were dancing together in our living room. And so I hope you guys are gathering with your families to hold services, you know, in your home, uh, just like we are, because you know what? We love you guys and, you know, we're doing it in solidarity with all of you uh, when we do it. And so um, you can live stream on YouTube uh, by searching for Beit Tehillah and then looking up our live stream uh, at 11 a.m. every Shabbat on Saturdays, uh, Eastern Standard Time. And uh, you can also do it through Facebook and Periscope and all kinds of other uh, different media outlets. I think it even is on Instagram. So, um, and then, uh, again, if you want to email us or call the office, um, actually don't call the office cause a lot of times there's folks not we're checking the message. Yeah. We're checking the messages. So you know, if you leave a message with us, we'll get back to you. Um, we're trying to keep the social distancing and quarantining, uh, going on as much as possible. So, uh, we love you guys. God bless you and have a great week.